0: Will you join me for a word of prayer? Blessed Lord Jesus, we give you thanks and praise that you have reached out through the word to touch our hearts and bring us to this place of praise and worship to receive the riches that only you can give. As we come to a right understanding of them and they transform our minds, may we be empowered in our hearts by your Spirit to truly trust you and live what it is we profess. And this we ask in your precious name. Amen. If it is to be, it must be me. Have you heard this one? I've heard it first from my high school soccer coach. Um, I first remember him yelling at this when we were running wind sprints. And you were getting to about the 20th one, and he wanted you to push and push. And uh, he kept, kept up that drumbeat uh, his, the whole time he was my coach. I would hear it later when I would get to track and field. My, my track and field coach used it as well to again encourage us to sprint the last hundred yards of a two point four mile race. When I got older, I heard it at professional trainings, coachings where we were encouraged to get out and do something uh, to the best of our ability. And it's a it's a useful thing. In fact, the best way to refer to it might be as, as a useful lie. There is much in our lives over which we are given stewardship, and we don't manage it wisely. Many people don't even do what it is within their power to do. And yet, the reality is, for most people, actually for all people, that a great deal of the way our lives turn out has to do with forces completely out of our control. I may work as hard as the next person. And yet, the same opportunities don't come my way. So they end life when we get to the end of the Monopoly Board. They've got a whole lot more on their stash than I do. (laughs) They've achieved more in their career than I have. They've been able to see more of their dreams become a reality. This is true for all of us. How many of you remember Jack Lemmon of The Odd Couple? Remember that actor? Um, I remember him telling a story where he said he was, he, he was, had just done his first big breakthrough role, um, had appeared in a movie, was getting good reviews, and as he walked, they walked down the Sunset Strip, he was talking to another actor, one of his sort of the elder statesman of the craft, and was saying, just was reflecting on how he had done this scene and that scene. I really felt I captured the essence of the character at this point. And literally, this older actor turned to him and smacked him and said, while we've been walking, we've passed five other actors who are pouring coffee for a living who could have done that role better than you have. Be grateful for what you've been given. Be grateful for what you've been given. And all of us, no matter how hard we work, have been given a great deal. And it's God who gives it to us. This is, the, this is the concerning thing, the thing that causes consternation for people when they hear it from the Scriptures, whether it be the Old Testament or the New Testament. In the Old Testament, you remember that as the people arrive at the promised land, God says to them, you're going to forget who provides for you. In fact, they get out of Egypt. There's all these wonderful miracles that occur to get them out of slavery in Egypt and what's the first thing they do when they can't see God for 40 days? I need a cow made out of gold to answer my prayers. (laughs) When God Takes them to the promised land. They look over the border, and now God has said to them, I've already given this to you. We had to wait a couple hundred years. He promised it to your ancestors. I've waited to wait a couple hundred years because the people living on it have not been so bad that they deserve to lose the land. But now they have. Now their iniquity is fulfilled. You just need to go in and take the land, and it's yours. And you know what they do? They send a little spying group. They look in and they go, Whoa, they're big! They're huge. You know what? We're small. I don't think we can do this. God just told you you could. So God looks at him and says, okay, here's what you're going to do. You're going to wander for 40 years, and every day for 40 years, I'm going to teach you who provides for you. It's not your strength. So every day for the next 40 years, you're going to eat only what I give you in the morning. So you wake up in the morning, there's going to be this stuff like dew on the ground. They would roll it up, they would eat it, and if you collected two days' worth, it went bad. Every day, you were going to learn that it's God who provides for you your daily bread. That's what manna means, the bread from heaven. And then, finally, when they get back to the, the promised land after that, God says to them, you're going to forget again. He prophecies this to them. You're going to get in this land, you're going to get fat and happy, and you're going to forget who provided it for you. You're going to start thinking it all has to do with you. If it is to be, it must be me. And there's a flip side to that. If I'm providing for myself, if it's by my strength, by my wisdom, by my efforts, that The land yields its harvest and the kingdom grows strong. Here's what that means. Two things. One, if it's by my efforts, it's not by God's gift and grace. And if it's by my efforts, that means that those who aren't doing so well are either being cursed by God, punished by God, or they just didn't work hard enough. Learning... Falling away from trusting in God always goes hand in hand with ceasing to care for the poorest in the community. And so enter the prophets. And prophet after prophet, whatever else they have to say, keep saying to the people of Israel, what about the widows and children? You've forgotten them again. This is where Amos is bringing this home to roost with the people of God in today's reading. And then... After years and years of that and the people still continuing to fall away from faithfulness and fall into where they don't care for the poorest among them, those who've had the least doors of opportunity open, comes Jesus. And a young man comes up to him and says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus runs through the commandments, well, you know these things, and the young man says, well, I've kept all them from my youth. Oh, really? <laughs> You've kept them all from your youth. But what are all those things do? Are the commandments how we get? Is, is it our obedience that makes us righteous before God? The book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible, says that Abraham believed God and it was trust, counted to him as righteousness. It's trust in God that makes us righteous. The commandments are things we do to live as God's people. And here's the piece I want you to, to hone in on for a second, is that the, the Scripture tells us that today that Jesus, looking at him, loved him. And so Jesus hits him between the eyes. See, we live in a culture where we feel like if we're told, because we have such a poor vision of what love is, we're told that if you love somebody, you affirm them. Jesus does not affirm his obedience to the Ten Commandments. He doesn't say he didn't wasn't obedient. He simply doesn't affirm him. And instead of giving him another fact to file on his theological bookshelf, Jesus hits him where it hurts and notes that this young man however obedient he is in externals, does not yet trust God. Because if you start to feel it's all about you, the way that the poor get neglected is that you start by, you know, I, I've got enough food for today, I better put enough food away for tomorrow as well. That's Well, maybe I need three days of reserves. Maybe I should big my, build a really big silo, and then I'll have enough. And in all of that, you're not trusting God with your daily bread. To give, trusting that God will give what is necessary means you really trust God. And so Jesus says to this young man, everything, give it all to God and follow me. And the man discovers where his lack of trust really starts to come in. And faith is all about trust. Now, some people are, have, acquire riches and are generous with it. Others acquire riches and are not generous with it. Some are poor by no fault of their own. Some are poor through lack of industry. Whatever we are, Whatever status we have in life, however hard we've worked or not worked, We are called now to labor for the Lord, trusting Him to give us our daily bread and looking at the bread we are given as a stewardship, something given to us to share. We're called to this individually as Christians. And we... Have the privilege of knowing that in all our failures, God has provided what is most necessary for us in Jesus Christ. Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, Jesus' life of servanthood ensures that whatever else we have, ways we have failed heretofore, we have God on our side accepting our repentance and amendment of life our imperfect amendment of life because we trust Him to provide what is lacking. As the great Reformed theologian Abraham Kuyper said, there is not one aspect of creation, not one aspect of your life over which Jesus Christ does not pronounce the word mine. We are, everything we have belongs to Christ. Christ. But the good news is that even when we fail to recognize that, we belong to Christ. And He provides all we need. Will you join me for a word of prayer? Lord, in all we have, make us wise stewards because we have heard the gospel of our salvation because we know of our failures and know of your gracious provision, help us every day to more and more entrust our lives to you. Do not let us proceed in unfaith as the people did in the day of judgment, as the author of Hebrews reminded us this day, but let us step out in faith. If it is to be, it must be thee. Grant us to trust this in Jesus' name. Amen. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me, save that thou art, be thou my best art in the day